podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello there, my name's James Baldwin and welcome to another episode of the Oz F1 Show. In this episode, apart from Tommy T joining me on the couch again, we review the Monaco Grand Prix. And I'm joined by my friends and yours in person, the man himself, Tommy T. Yes, I'm back. What's happened to your hair? Uh, and on the other hand, it is six o'clock in the morning. So, Campwise Gamgee himself. Hello, my friend. Gentlemen, how are you? Yes, we are certainly doing yeah. okay. Look, let's be honest. We could have watched the highlights uh, this morning for the <laughs> seven minutes that it would have taken to watch the YouTube F1 condensed highlights and not the full race last night. Uh, but anyway, um, let me start off the show by laughing a lot at Ferrari. <laughs> Bloody kidding oh, me, you absolute idiots. <laughs> Couldn't think of anyone else who could deserve it better. Got that out of my system. Campy, what did you think? Ah, uh, Well, Tommy, as from our discussion on our pre-drinks podcast, if you haven't listened, go back and have a listen to that if you'd like. But, geez, we got it wrong. That wasn't deliberate. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Would you like to remove your tinfoil hats tinfoil permanently now? Off. But, no, James and I were sitting on the couch watching the pre-race stuff, and I was like, you know what? It'd just be really good if Leclerc got to start and then all of a sudden gearbox failure. Well, it happened, but not in that way. He didn't even get to. He got to do a sighting lap basically and that was it. And then, but, oh, no, 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 no. And then he just comes in and it's all it's all. Never over. were there sweeter words, Tommy T. And oh. I know people are going to start saying, oh, well, you're against Ferrari and you're against Charlie Leclerc. That's not it at all. Yes, what's we just, are. Yes, I am. Just, no, what's just hilarious <laughs> is that the, they take the gamble yeah. to not change anything to do with the crash and then they have the audacity after the race to come out and say, and Bonotto specifically, and say, uh, we're pretty sure it's actually nothing to do with the crash at all. Oh, really, mate? So really? You being more useless than just a normal car without crashing They're it. just constantly trying to deflect from their own mistakes. And this is the problem with Ferrari, and Campy will agree with this, is their inability to take up any responsibility for their own actions and just constantly blame other people. Look, actually, I, I watched the replays again. I don't think it was the, like, the force from the front on impact that was the problem. He actually got off the air once he'd hit that curb and it was the downward force on the rear diff and axle in which caused the problem. Now, I believe these have these F1 cars have a live axle, which means there's not a drive shaft. Like the gearbox attaches straight to the um, rear diff axle where the drive shaft normally would, and that's where the problem with the um, with the gearbox happened on that landing because he got off the ground. So they should have checked, but the problem is, is you can't break seals on the gearboxes yeah. to pull them out and have a look. So, um, yeah, bit of spin by Bontea Bonotto. Do you think, like, the Italian press believes him or? Surely not. Does it matter? <laughs> we not. don't. I just, just. I just don't understand the risk. I think you just go, I'd rather start in six. Like they were saying they would prefer to start in six to just have a car running because we saw that Carlos had pace. Imagine if they had a second and a sixth. That'd be incredible. Yeah. Yeah, really. It would have been a <laughs> massive point for them this weekend. Yeah, but they were thinking about Ferrari's first win back at Monaco yeah. after having a dismal performance last year, finally get it back, the crowning jewel. That's the, they were thinking about the story. That's why they took the punt. Yeah, it and went, went really well for them. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk before we continue talking about Ferrari too much. Let's do what we normally do, boys, and go through – 
all of the teams uh, from back to front, as we always do. Uh, let's start with Schumacher, who, uh, well, he scored zero points in fantasy, so whoever <laughs> subbed him in, like me, like an idiot, uh, really undid themselves for this weekend, <laughs> considering the rest of the fantasy choices, like turbocharging one Carlos Sainz. You're welcome, everyone. From last, If you listened to the podcast <laughs> yesterday, the three of us did that. Um, massively ahead, but uh, Schumacher and Mazepin, the only good pass that happened at this Grand Prix was the first lap, and it was Schumacher on Mazepin going into the hairpin. Campy, Hass's performance this weekend. What do you think? Uh, terrible. <laughs> terrible. Race pace was horrible. Um, I mean, two rookie drivers, we expect some errors and some things to happen, but that was like, like we're talking lap 20 and we're already talking about being lapped in a, you know, 70 second lap, which is not great. Not ideal. Um, yep. Shocking. I liked Mick Schumacher's move on lap one. That was awesome. He just saw the gap and thought, Oh yep, Just take it. Squeezed Mazepin out, which was good. And I think he probably should have got a point for that on the fantasy, but for maybe not. Take, but then he lost it cause he didn't beat his teammate. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, got you. It's a Did flat zero. Uh, I didn't realise what happened at the end there, but anyway. Well, when, yeah. you, when you've been lapped three times, does it even matter anymore? I, look, I don't. I don't think that car is as bad as what we're seeing on track. Yeah. If you had K Mag and Grosjean driving that car, yeah. it would be a competitive team with the Williams, and it would have tracks like. I don't know which ones, but it would have tracks where the car performed well and it would beat Alfa Romeo's. So I think these two junior drivers are not extracting anywhere near enough out of the car for what they should be for professional F1 drivers, mixture yeah. Macker including. I'll tell you what, if I was a, a Haas mechanic, I'd be really stoked that I got that car working again for Schumacher to not do anything with. On the weekend, that was just a really good effort. <laughs> I don't think there are any stoked task mechanics at oh, any mate. point this year or last year, to be perfectly Just dropping fair. their resumes at every garage as they leave. But again, you know, this is, and we said this all the way to the last lap last night here, uh, this is a race with almost a 100% chance of a safety car and everyone was thinking that Mazepin was going to be the one to bring us it and we didn't see anything from him at all. The entire race weekend, he kept his nose clean and, he cracked on with the race. So, I mean, to credit where credit is due, he caught a lot of attention from memes and whatnot ahead of the race about how people were, had yeah. reinforced their balconies and whatnot. It was hilarious and all that sort of stuff. <clears throat> but didn't literally didn't put a foot wrong the entire time. Um, I, so I, I, know how to, I know how to fix the issues at races like Monaco. Uh, it's easy to fix. You've I'm got ready. to have a mandatory three pit stops and a mandatory fuel load of... 150 litres to start with. Then it gives people the chance who are out of position to pit really early, get in a gap, and make some positions up that way. And with mandatory three stops, you can take the gamble to, say, do a pit stop two laps in a row if you need to. Yeah. I just It just gives the chance. It gives yeah, a chance. Because it's such a procession and you can't pass, gives them chance to play around with tactics to get into a gap where they have solid race pace in front of and clean air in order to do it. Uh, it we've got to fix it somehow because that's just what we watched last night was a hopeless. And they're not going to make passes when they're doing one 14s and 15s for the majority of the race, even slower at the start. When these guys are driving eight 
nine or seven seconds off what their qualifying times is. It's just not yeah. going to happen. They're not going to make mistakes. That is that is a light year on racetrack terms. There's just no way these guys are going to make mistakes driving that much slower. It is the, the – what are the jewel in the crown is what they call this track, although – and I said this last uh, yesterday, rather, on the uh, pre-drinks podcast that – it's Monaco is a wonderful track, but you, you can't pass. But Spain is a bigger track, and you can't pass. And we rag on Spain ahead of it, yeah. and yet we hold up Monaco as this amazing, wonderful experience. And yeah. it probably is if you were by the track and you were able to jump into the Red Bull hospitality pool or whatever you wanted to do. That makes sense, but mm. realistically, it is an incredibly boring procession for most of the time and I think we keep forgetting about each time we go I can't wait for Monaco this year it's going to be so good and then we get to it like oh what am I watching I can't (coughs) believe that this is the case anyway double standards that's the Oz F1 way Love it. <laughs> uh, Williams uh, had no showing. What a surprise. Uh, Latifi finishing 15th. Russell in 14th. His favourite position. Loves a 14th position, a doesn't 14. he? That's all he does. What What did you see anything of... I nope. mean, oh, oh, sorry. Let me just jump in here Quick before aside. I talk about Williams. Let me just a bloody tangent, which I should have done right up the very top. Whoever the television director was for the Monaco GP, put yourself in the bin, seal yourself in there and never come out again because you are the most hopeless person I have ever seen Worse than Serena Williams attempting to wave a checkered flag is how bad you are, sir or madam. Stop it with your whole self. Put yourself in the bin. Seal yourself off forever. Terrible. Everyone else agrees with me. It was the worst Grand Prix TV directing I have ever seen in my entire life. Like, never, ever let that person anywhere near this thing again. Fire them immediately. Whoever they are, get rid of them. I don't care. This shit. Do you think it was his last day on the job? He just thought. Oh, Looked like be. it was his first day on the job, Campy. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> the oh. only the only interesting section of the race is potentially when someone's exiting the pits. We had Seb coming out, oh. entering back into traffic. We're like, oh, quick, let's watch this. No, we went and watched Stroll mount a curb over on the back end of the track. Like, oh. Thanks for that. Twice, we twice they cut away from us, and they cut away again. You're like, oh mate, this is not what we want to watch. To be Genuinely. fair, it's not Sky. It's the live F1 feed that goes around the world that does the, that stuff. I didn't have. A, I didn't rag on Sky. I'm happy to rag on KO and Foxtel significantly always. But I just this one t- person, the F1 TV director, bin immediately. Yes. Don't come out. Can we just talk about Serena Williams quickly? What <laughs> an absolute... <laughs> you would think of all the people that could use one hand to wave a flag... She would be the professional <laughs> that could stick her arm out of a window and give it a wave like she's playing tennis. Oh, my God. She had to be prompted by the FIA official to keep waving the flag after the first car had gone over the line. Like, she was like, well, he's finished, so they There's only right? 17. Keep waving it. <laughs> oh, look, I feel like I need it. You know, congratulate her on her sporting achievements throughout her career so that I don't get ripped apart for being an arsehole. But <laughs> what and what on earth was she getting interviewed for at the end? <laughs> That's oh, we turned we, off. Yeah. When that talk- happened, Bye. that was it. We turned we're, off completely. We're talking to Max Verstappen, won <laughs> his first Monaco. It's been five years in the making and yeah. We cut halfway through to listen to someone that's got absolutely <laughs> no clue about the sport. I mean uh, look, F1's trying to do some stuff and they are failing 
fucking miserably. I think that was just DC. <laughs> It was, and DC On the was fly. taking the piss, surely. Like, he Look. knew full well. And he's like, ah, oh, we've got Serena Williams. Uh, you like motor cars? Tune first, please. <laughs> you like motor cars? Uh, yes, I drive a car. It's nice to be here at a Grand Prix. Uh, <laughs> 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 and you're right, poor Matt. And he's like, Max have Max. you met before? And they're like, I mean, of course I haven't met Serena Williams. I'm a Formula One driver. Also, DC, is, are you just paying me back because I shoved cake up your nostrils? Oh. Surely. Oh, I mean, they're great. They're great athletes. So I was it was like, just awkward. Up. <laughs> Not what I wanted. This is, I hate trying to get other oh. VIPs or other sportsmen or women involved in Formula Like, let's just focus on the drivers. If you're new to the sport, let's be honest, you're not watching the post-race uh, pit interviews, are you? Like, seriously. Anyway, uh, that, that <sighs> tangent's confirmed and completed for now. Uh, let's talk yeah, about Williams. Uh, All right, boys, okay. let's, let's let's not get cynical. <laughs> let's just try and stay happy. <laughs> stay happy. Only... Give some positivity for this shocking race that it was. It was only 15 minutes in camping. You got cynical. What a surprise. Uh, and then also us too. Uh, let's talk Jeez. about Williams and we're done. Let's talk about Alfa Romeo because actually, as I drop my phone, Giovinazzi... Did pretty well because this is track position, right? Giovinazzi and Kimi Raikkonen on the start, both of them had a wonderful uh, getaway from our boy Daniel Ricciardo and credit where credit is due. Those two did really well this weekend. Yeah. Qualified well considering our boy did not qualify that well. Let's but just not talk about it. Let's, it doesn't, Shh, didn't happen. But no, they did qualify well. I think, <laughs> I think it is going to be one of those tracks that they shone though. Much like Ferrari just pulled some performance out of the bag for this race, similar as the junior baby Ferrari that Alpha is. So, but credit, they actually had some good strategy to continue in those positions as opposed to others who didn't quite make it work. So, yeah. They didn't have, they had shocking race pace. Yes. Absolutely horrendous race pace. But does it matter? Doesn't matter. Sorry, the gap between from Giovinazzo was in front of in front of Ocon, and the gap between Ocon and Giovinazzi was like two seconds the whole race. Or the gap to the car in front of him, I believe it was Vettel, was like twenty eight seconds. And then Raikkonen, same thing. He was holding up um, um, Alonso and Ricardo, and the gap in front of him to Ocon was like thirty two seconds or something. It was horrendous. And they really ruined the race for our yeah, boy. Yeah, it's nothing, nothing, literally nothing else. But, it was just Kimi Raikkonen well, <laughs> ruined his race. Yes. <laughs> let's, let's just go. No, with it that. was Giovinazzi too. He had shocking race pace. Either way, I still think they had a good weekend because Giovinazzi got some points, which is yep, nice for one, Alfa yeah. Romeo. Um, Aston Martin, seriously, Sebastian Vettel finished in not only the points, mm. not Six. only the points, Tommy T. But did he not finish ahead of pretty much most of the people who would be like, yeah, there's a wonderful opportunity this year for this person to do this, to do this, to do whatever else. Insane. And his teammate. And fifth. Yeah. He matched his own number. How nice. <laughs> so when was the last time he did that? No, he, he was excellent. He actually qualified surprisingly well. We didn't expect it, to be honest. Um, like we talked about in the pre-drinks, I think it is a lot of this track is – your experience more than how good the car is, how much you're willing to risk and those kind of things. So, so mate, he, he made he, well. <laughs> Who? Well, he didn't race. He didn't race this weekend, did he? No. 
But but genuinely, he put it all together and pitted at the right time, had the right strategy. The team actually, for both drivers, actually had a good strategy, which I didn't expect. So full credit to Aston Martin. Also, safety car looked great. <laughs> Not that we saw it. <laughs> no. It would have been nice mm. if we did. Saw it, yeah. On the, but you're right. On the formation great. lap and in the pits. Nice. Other than that. Yes. Campy, your thoughts on Seb Vettel? We've taken him out of the bin uh, where we've sealed the F1 TV director. Excellent. Excellent. Got in front of Lewis Hamilton too, which was great to watch. Um, <laughs> that was genuinely the best part of the race, I believe. Yeah. Um, we didn't see it though. We saw Stroll, his team, <laughs> yes. flying over some <laughs> curbs. But, um, you know, it was a great result for Seb. He'd be stoked. It'll just give him some confidence and a good headspace moving forward for the rest of the season. I think it just shows, again, though, we can put ourselves in the bin, the three of us, for saying oh, that he's definitely. done and he's cooked and all that sort of stuff because this is, I mean, especially compared to DR, but to finish in fifth in a car that has struggled, you know, they tried to fix it by suing the FIA, that didn't work, then maybe they looked at what they could do physically to the existing <laughs> car and some things have changed. But to come out and finish ahead of Lewis Hamilton in a car that is nowhere near as good is a mental thing. And poor Seb has copped a lot from a lot of people, including us, and we should eat humble pie here ourselves. Uh, can't be for the third time this season. No, no not doing it. <laughs> and say Couldn't he, care less. he hasn't lost it. Uh, and there's a nice little drive here that hopefully we can see coming out of this. And this was our mark, watermark, wasn't it, boys, in terms of people coming into new teams. Yeah. This is the race that we said, okay, this is your last excuse. So, so I'm going to say after this race now because of Daniel, not before it, uh, that you have to get to grips with the car. And Stroll, this, as you said, Tommy T, the strategy for Stroll was actually very good. And what they should have done with Daniel as well is put him on the hards and run him super long to enable him to get past Alfa Romeos who weren't doing amazing race pace. Uh, and it worked out. I mean, this is a, a points haul, as I said to you, Tommy T. It's Red Bull is the first team and Alf, uh, Aston Martin, sorry, is the second team to have both cars in the points as high up in that order. Yep. Uh, and Stroll in eighth is, is great. It was a really good outing for them and something that was almost like their last year. But that well, will probably I, be the last I have I have a bit of a gripe to pick with Stroll and Mr. Raikkonen because if you watch Danny Rick start, Danny Rick was actually who who called Ocon qualified in front of him. And no one got past Danny Rick like on the straight. He was right up Ocon's backside. But Raikkonen and Stroll actually took the slip lane coming out of turn one on the start. And that's what enabled them to get in front of Ricardo and ultimately fucked up his race. Maybe if Daniel listened to our prayer drinks podcast, he would have done the same. <laughs> just, just don't ignore the corner and go up the inside. Danny, look, Danny Rick shouldn't have qualified there in the first place, but that's my frustration with it. And I was like, geez, it's not like he did anything wrong to lose those two positions. And if you look at the pace that Stroll had, Danny Rick's pace was better when he had clean air and could run in it. And he could have potentially got that. Seventh place, all that eighth place behind um, behind Lewis Hamilton, and that would have been a good recovery drive for him. So yeah, it's look, it's frustrating. That's my gripe with those two that they snuck up the inside on lap one and gained positions early. So anyway, the FIA won't look at that. 
No, uh, mate, Michael won't look at that at oh, all. Anything not, goes not on that, that far back. That first corner, anything goes. I don't care. Yeah, well, yeah. And you, yeah, yeah we saw it on all of the replays of all these other starts. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's been the I, same. It's still, I get that, I understand why why it is the case, but for someone that follows, is up the ass of somebody else and loses position because two other people cut the track yeah. and got a better exit and a better drive, I don't like it. Yeah, it should be discretionary, not just like do what you want. We well, just forgive to, everything. Yeah. You have to be trying to avoid something in yes. front of you. Yeah, and it should clearly, be available for an emergency. They're yeah. just coming in too hot. Yeah. And if they don't take that action, they're going to go up the backside of someone, which is just rookie. But anyway, yeah. I'm groping now. I'm trying to justify my boy's book. Glass of <laughs> big glass of grape juice in the morning. Yeah. Grape juice yeah. for <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I just want to swear like three thousand times to get it out of my system. You've already achieved it many times this to this point with your, your liter of grape juice. Oh, he's taking a swig. Sponsored. Bit of moonshine, boys. Yeah, grape there you juice. go. <laughs> let's Bit talk, of gin. Let's talk about Alpine. Um, Ocon in ninth, Fernando in 13th. Uh, it wasn't their weekend, was it? We thought they would have more pace, genuinely. Yeah. Just seeing what that car's done in the previous races, you thought, okay, this would be a track that will suit them. It has in the past. Oh, sweet. Like very low deg. They could have a good strategy here. They'd be able to make a soft tire last as long as a medium potentially and do something interesting. No. <laughs> I don't know. No, they're, they're good on the harder compounds, not the softest ones that we've um, yeah. had this weekend. Yeah. It'd be interesting yeah. to see them at somewhere like Spa and Monza, Campy, don't you think? Just in terms of how far they've progressed from last year. Yeah, Silverstone races like that. Mm. Um, uh, low tyre, Greg, but hard compound so that they get through the race on a one-stop if need be. They'll they'll be good, but Ocon's race pace is horrible. Mm. Um, I mean, he had, from memory, he had a good 10, 15 seconds on on uh, on. Giovinazzi and Raikkonen, but they caught him up by the end of the race and Alonso. I don't, I'm not too sure if he got stuck behind someone, but I mean, track position and timing and race pace is not indicative of this track because you can get stuck behind someone and it's all over. So, um, yeah, anyway. Alpha Tauri, the, the dream of Yuki Sonoda's amazing start to this season continues to turn into a nightmare. Uh, he finished in 16th and Gasly finishing ahead of Lewis Hamilton in 6th. Epic positioning by him, of course, for qualifying. And as we said yesterday, this is a, a race that definitely lends itself to where you start on the grid basically is sort of dictates within a one or two position, unless you're Charles Leclerc, <laughs> of, to finish. <laughs> uh, and epic. Like he was just able to keep that Merc behind because there's not much in the way of passing. But Lewis was just livid about it. And I tell you what, that was made for some good radio. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the the real interesting about AlphaTauri is how good is that car? Is Gasly being incredible or is Yuki being terrible? I don't know where that car actually sits. Like what is its equal in the grid? Do you know what I mean? Like I genuinely can't tell. Is Gasly just extracting absolutely everything and more out of that car. We'll, we won't know because we don't really have an equal driver. To be that far back, like that was the biggest driver gap I could see. Like we're, we're shocked with Daniel, but he's a professional so and has been driving for that long. You could be that far off the pace. He's t- clearly got a lot of uh, a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. I think Bahrain, why he did so well is because they tested the F previously. So 
you know, he got 250-odd laps before the weekend and he had it figured out. Unfortunately, you're not going to get those opportunities at every racetrack moving forward, but... Yeah, he'll be under the uh, he'll be under the microscope mid year, I think. Um, I mean, he'll get half of the year to learn the car and learn the systems and the garage, how that works. But come post um, mid season break, heading into Spa, that's when the microscope will be on him, and they'll be going right. Are we going to keep this guy for next year? And if he keeps performing like he is, I highly doubt it. Yeah, do you think they bring back your favourite Russian, Campy? <laughs> Sorry, the Kiv. The, the torpedo. Do you think? No, Kvyat's done. He's got a, a Formula One TV spot now with Will Buxton. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, why would you give that up? That's true. Mm. No, the torpedo's yeah, no, done. He's he's had two chances. Yeah. But you've got Liam Lawson and, a and Armstrong the top and, team. and stuff yep. in F two who, you know, are performing better. So even though we've had two races, performing better <laughs> than Yuki was at a similar point in yep. his F2 career. So I think the Red Bull pool, they're starting to spool up now. Can I get any more alls in there? Um, some more talent. I think we said last year that they'd really fallen away, but there is now some significant nurturing going on, even a little R. Boyd and Jack Doohan in the F3 category as well, um, mm. doing some good stuff this year. But then it's the same thing again. Do you get another young driver in like James Loves and bring in very, very young talent and let them fail again? Or do they need to spend longer in the junior categories like we've mentioned? I think the thing that Red Bull's trying to do is find another Max Verstappen, aren't they? Good luck. Yeah, another super young <laughs> prodigy, prodigy rather that, uh, you know, it doesn't matter about age or anything else. He just comes in. But, I mean, look, we, again, we saw this with Max early mm. on in his career that, he was known for crashing and no, known for not being that good. The, the guy who hopped out of the car that had a weird interview with Serena Williams today is not the person no. that we saw and the fiery, hot-headed kind of guy. He's super chilled. Like, he's super chilled. Yes. He doesn't even get amazingly excited on the radio. He's like, yes, boys, amazing job all weekend. Thank you so much. Ah, that felt really good. Yeah, you Like, can, everyone else screams their head you off. You can date him growing back date him growing up back to Monaco was it four years ago when he had that mm. that crash that put him, him out of, exactly and since that moment that was the last kind of fiery Max Verkrashen moment we had since then pro yeah but I think Campy will attest to this as well I think the we're at the end of these regs which means these cars are very technical and very hard to drive because there's not that like massive growth and kind of, um, I, I suppose the car's just improving. There's there's less to improve on, so everything's so much harder. Every car is so unique. So coming in is harder to drive. New regs will just flatten that right off, and rookies will find it easier against more professional drivers potentially because everyone's learning at a similar rate, and there's so much gains to be had everywhere. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right. I think if you're Red Bull, you you'd be looking at someone like Piastri. Go on, geez, we've had. Two good Australians in our team before. Third time, let's get another one in there. And Piastri can drive. I mean, yeah. as a fan, I don't want to see Piastri go to uh, the Renault. Um, <laughs> yes. Get, yes. get it. <laughs> we'll have to start calling Carlos. 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 <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think you make a play for the best young driver coming through. But do you keep Piastri for another year? I think you keep him in F3 for another year. It just means he's got to perform there again because the, the chassis is going to be different. They're going to replicate the the new ground effect cars that we're yep. having next year. 
So, I mean, that could be bad for Piastri. Do he might not want to sit there and do it. Oh, yeah. I mean, these guys are good mm. and uh, they'll adapt. But I think if you're Red Bull, you're looking at Sonata and you're going, geez, if this continues, let's, we're going to have to get rid of him, pull the trigger. But I don't think Perez is working out the way that they wanted it to either. I think he was the right man to get the job get the drive last year, but, mm. I mean, he, his race craft seems to be pretty good, but it's his one lap pace that's putting them in trouble as well. So Red Bull are still sitting there and they've got one driver that they really, really want to keep in, Max Verstappen, and they've got Gasly who's performing well who won't get another shot at the top team. So they've got two lead drivers in both teams. The thing for them is they're going to try and – they're going to want to try and find – Solid number twos for both. One that's pushing Max Verstappen and then a development driver that long-term is going to be a good driver or a lead driver in the top team to Max Verstappen or with him. So, yeah, it's an interesting predicament they're in. But I don't think that their F3 or F2 stocks are very stocked well at the moment. Yes. They're still very young, aren't they? And I suppose the, the big thing for those two drivers you mentioned who are the leaders of those teams, they're going to want someone pushing them like we've mentioned before. They don't Absolutely. want to be a second in front of their teammate every time and having no help during the race, not getting constructors points and doing all those kind of things. They're just going to be like, well, this is kind of boring. It's like being an NBA player going back and playing domestic. You're like, I can dunk on everyone. This isn't fun anymore. Like, I want to be pushed and be competitive. So they're going to have to find someone who can genuinely push both of them. That's their issue. Let's talk about Ferrari uh, a little bit more because Carlos Sainz is worth talking about. What? Carlos. Carlos. <laughs> Carlos he made Sainz. the right call leaving Renault to go to <laughs> Renault-powered McLaren <laughs> to go to Ferrari. Doesn't sound as good anyway. Uh, he is an absolute dude. What a... How was him after the race and DC lifting his hat up going, you're not, you're not, even, you're not even sweating? <laughs> and he's like, Mate, he's I'm like, fit, no, unlike you. Know. you. But how good. <laughs> I was, I personally, I, mean, I kind of wish that Carlos had, had won the race, not only because yep. he was my turbo driver in fantasy, that would have helped, uh, but also because I think he deserves it. I think he has certainly got to grips with this car. He, like Daniel, has driven so many cars in his Formula One career from Toro Rosso. Uh, across to Renault and McLaren and Ferrari now. It's incredible uh, stuff. And he's just so genuine. Campy, what did you think of Carlos? Yeah, loved it. Loved his performance. Loved it. Uh, obviously got a bit lucky. Jumped the spot because of um, some misfortunes of other drivers. Uh, he had good race pace. He was there all weekend. Um, I mean, looking at his sector times in Q3 when uh, his teammate crashed out, he was on track to beat Leclerc as well, so a um, bit of redemption for him. Great to see him up there. I think it was good. Uh, him and Lando had a nice little moment together. They're obviously quite good buddies, and, um, yep, I mean, there's a few people alluding to the relationship they have in sim, rela- sim racing. Apparently, they live close to each other, and they, anyway, they both have sim racing setups and race each other all the time. Not that I'd know anything about that. You but race Sims all the time, Ken. Yeah, I've heard that about you. <laughs> From at least three people, that means it's true. Oh, if you I just pan, cam- pan the camera that right. way, we'll see the setup, won't we? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm confident, and I can say our core listening is probably 25 to 35, and the majority of these people aren't playing video games. If you're playing video games past 20, grow the fuck up. <laughs> if you are outside Get of that demographic life. and you Get do play life. video games... 
Uh, d- DM us. Please uh, tell us. And I'll screenshot your hatred how wrong of you are, and send it to him. You should be able to go and get a job. You should be able to go. job and game as well. No, you can't. If you've got a if you've got a job, you should be able to go out and fund your own motorsport participation if that's what you want to do. Kevin. Don't buy a go-kart or a motorbike. Jeez, save three weeks, do the real Kevin, thing. Kempi, the hot take. Oh, my God. Kempi, on signs, do you <laughs> – let's try and get this back on the rails. Jeepers. Uh, do you think signs is going to pants Leclerc like we've talked about and you've kind of F1 uh, profited? Yeah, I think he will. I think he's still got room to grow in this car. Yeah. Um, this is what, fifth race, and he's already doing this well in comparison in qualifying. Yeah. We I didn't mean, get to Leclerc, see them on track, but. Leclerc yeah. pl- probably should have won this weekend if he didn't stuff up. We thought it was deliberate, but, you know, I mean, <laughs> Leclerc should have won this race, re- really. Um, even, look, the pace was there to win, it was a good result for him. I think one lap he's not quite there, but over a race distance he's proven pretty well. I think he will end up being the number one driver at um, Ferrari, but it'll be a pretty hotly contested seat and competition for the next. This year and next as well. So Yeah, and you can see the gains that Ferrari are making and the things they're putting in place, which is good to see because you prefer them as another competitor. If we can have them as well as McLaren fighting against the top two, that's what we want. We don't want it to be just a two-horse race. We want yeah, well, it to be ideally, flat. I, ideally, you want Alpine to join that group as well next year, and there be like half a second difference between five teams. Yeah, and then it comes down to driving performance and strategy and stuff like that's what you want to get right. And uh, hopefully, that's what we get next year. I just don't look. It's good to see Max Verstappen and Hamilton going toe to toe every week, but I want to see ten drives going toe to toe. I want to go back to 2010 where we had eight different race winners in the first eight races. Yes. Yes, Lord. You know, throwing up. That's what we want to see as fans and we want to see Danny Rick come out on top every time <laughs> when yeah. it matters. But, I, yeah, I mean, this sport, it's got its issues and we know that and the fans know that. The new ones coming in probably like, oh, why does one team win all the time? Why is one draw? Why is it only two? Sports – Inequal in so many ways. That's a bad word to use for F1, but um, if that's what F1 wants to use, I'll use it. <laughs> the whole sport, it's, you know, it's got some issues, but it can be better and a bit of smart management at the top will fix some things. So rant over. We have a website <laughs> that we would send them to, which is. No, look, I'm trying. <laughs> Thomasjcan.com.au forward slash let's not be cynical. I genuinely love this sport and have a passion for it. But it seems like every year we have the same conversation about this race. Except for last year. Because and that's and because Except, we well because we missed it, we fell in love with it again, right? Well, I think we've we've oh forgot. the year before we the year suckers. before Danny Rick won. No, no, he qualified fifth <laughs> for the Renault. Renault, Renault. Um, Let's talk about that Daniel. horrible pit stop. And uh, yeah, I mean that at least that horrible pit stop was better than this weekend for him. Let's be honest. Uh, he was only, same result though. He's only four tenths off of Lando going into Q three, but he was eliminated as we know which made him start down towards the back. As you said, Campy and Tommy, the slip road was used by other drivers, not Daniel Ricciardo, to get ahead and stay there. 
is is it is the worst part of Daniel Ricciardo's career being passed by Lando Norris going up the hill into through with a wave? Oh, I think he I th- waved. He waved. Cheeky I think he was saying thank you. To be honest, I'm not sure he waved. Waved as in like taking the piss. I think, I think he it was, was like when James saying, thanks for the easy passing opportunity. When James is driving through Bondi Junction and he's just cutting people off and just giving a courtesy <laughs> wave that he doesn't really mean to give. That's. I thought it was that, <laughs> wasn't it, Campany? Yeah, it was a well, not-so-courteous wave. Guys. Yeah. He's probably driving a uh, Volkswagen <laughs> Golf too. You <laughs> 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 <His> squid. <laughs> I hate those males that drive Volkswagen Golfs, by the way. <laughs> Get a real car. Seriously. Campy.com.au forward slash... I just promise just, I won't be cynical. What do you feel about people year. with even smaller just Volkswagens? Reeks, just reeks of flight attendant those guys. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> I was never a flight attendant for Ryanair. That is a lie. You uh, were. We have documentation and photos. Anyway, Daniel had best. a terrible time. Let's not talk about him anymore. Lando Norris, though, finishing in third, epic, epic podium. Uh, that's where the golf livery car should have been, and the golf livery race suit and his new or his special edition boots that he was wearing for it yes. too. Uh, hats off to the dude, mate. He's, he's having a ripper season, hey. He's driving very, very well and deserves the multi-year deal. Quite honestly, I know yeah. we spoke yep. about it in the last last podcast, but um, you know, McLaren is the right fit for him. Yep. He is totally supported by Dad Zach. <laughs> I say Dad Zach because every time Dude. a sky camera goes past him and he's not paying attention and he's tweeting or something, he just looks like a dad. He's got his, his polo tucked in, yep. his runners on, and he's happy to be there and he wants yep. to high five. And he knows less about technology than Campy. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a dad. And he's standing behind the camera with the interview and Andreas and him are psyching him out. Like, ah, have I been fun It's like, can you check grow up? Love that team. <laughs> no. Oh, I we- mean, we thought it was potentially early. Hey, Campy, this, this kind of deal coming. We were like, oh, there's no reason to go for it. But to be honest, it seems like McLaren's made the right decision as far as like junior drivers of his kind of age bracket. He's probably one of the hottest stocks going and you want to lock him up if you can. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's great for McLaren that they did. Um, I still think McLaren's direction moving forward is Daniel Ricciardo, number one, Lando Norris, number two, when Daniel eventually gets it together. And we've spoken about that. The thing for me this weekend that I sort of found was I think Ferrari's jumped ahead of McLaren in the pecking order. Um, I know it's race-specific, but what's our next race on Azerbaijan-Baku? Oh, yeah. That'll be an interesting comparison to see where – See where the Ferrari and the McLaren at in comparison to each other. Because I think genuinely McLaren could have the fourth best grid on the car moving forward. And we knew they were going to slip away slowly throughout the season. Um, I thought they'd be third for a bit longer, but I think Ferrari seemed to have got their crap together. So that'll be interesting to see for me. And If they're the fourth best car on the grid and everyone finishes, they're fighting for seventh and eighth, ninth and tenth, Mm. realistically. And uh, that's not where Lando and... Danny Rick are want, going to want to be fighting. Um, it's good for Lando that he's banking points this early in the, in the year yep. so that later on in the year, like, that gap will become yep. somewhat insurmountable to other teams because they're not fighting for that. But, um, yeah, look, great. I think they've got a quality driver liner and the, the future is only up for McLaren. Yeah. It's only skywards and forwards. Yeah. So for me, I, I don't think it is. I think Ferrari is very track specific. I think the McLaren is a much more well-rounded vehicle, much more like yep. 
the other two top teams. And I think even Leclerc alluded to it. He's like, we didn't think we'd be this quick. He's like, we had a feeling we'd be good around the very, very slow speed corners, which there's not many of other than Monaco and a handful of other corners around like the rest of the year. So they're like, we're going to do well there. We kind of hoped that we would do well here, but I think you're going to see in the higher speed tracks with a bit more like high speed downforce stuff, they're not going to be able to keep up. They're just going to shred tires and stuff like they have in the past. They, it would be similar to how Renault have been in the last couple of years where they're like dominating one week and then like, what's happened? Why is this thing so sluggish and struggling to keep up? I think that's what we're going to see from Ferrari for this next season until the new regs come in. But Yeah, I mean, Ferrari's characteristics are they are quick over one lap, but their race pace just doesn't compare to the other ones. The issue is if you're going to get around a track where it's tough to pass, that one lead, one lap speed is going to end up in getting them getting the results over other teams that aren't as quick over one lap because you can't pass. So that's what we saw this weekend. And Baku is one of those tracks that is a true mix of high speed, long it. straight and complex low speed corners. Uh, and so I actually think... I think the McLaren and Ferrari pace over one lap at Baku will be fairly close. But I think different in sectors. I think it'll be very different. Yeah, Yeah. so sector three will probably be Ferrari's best because it's the most open, whereas we know the McLaren, although in saying that McLaren, look, who knows? Actually, who knows? It'll be very Uh, interesting. It's going to be an interesting race, unlike what we just saw. But it's a great track. I love Azerbaijan. I love love the Baku track. you know, and it also depends on Charles Leclerc not crashing into Castle. They've got a little uh, plaque there, just I am an idiot. I am stupid. <laughs> I am stupid chicane. Uh, <laughs> Mercedes. Valtteri Bottas, I'm sorry, is not winning the World Championship this year. He is also the unluckiest man in sport. <sighs> and a cross-threaded wheel nut, whatever happened there, is just classic VB luck. What is, what is the punishment that that person should get? Are you crying in finish? Oh, mate, oh, I just feel so sorry for the dude. Comes out, pants his teammate in qualifying in a race where he's due to get some points. Got a great start, you know. I think he yep. should have – I think Valtteri should have held that line. If Max was pushing him sideways, um, Valtteri should have held that line so he's almost up on the fence and then cut the corner and just said, yep. well, Max pushed me that way. I couldn't go anywhere else. Yep. Um, but he's a gentleman and he was doing the right thing. He, the problem was he just didn't have a wheel on him. If he had a wheel on him, he could have used that excuse, but mm. it didn't happen. Um, yeah, feel really sorry for the guy. I mean, that's that's that that Mercedes team doesn't make these mistakes. No, but when they do make these mistakes three or four times a year, they're always for Valtteri. Mm. Um, and that's the frustrating thing. He'd be fucking, he'd be really pissed off at the moment. Um, it's a chance for him to make up some points on his teammate. And, you know, he would have – if he had a finished second where he should have, he would have um, he would have made up points on the on the world championship leader, which is what he really wants. So um, frustrating for him. I don't know what he says behind closed doors, but – the on the still – there's still 18 races to get. There's a lot of racing to go. I think you'll get it right and you'll go on a run at some stage this year, you know, five or six race wins on the trot. 
Well, it's just it's. Oh. I'm rooting for him this year. It's just frustrating to watch. David Coulthard had an interesting point that he reckons there might have been a tap on the shoulder by Mercedes for Valtteri already to say that your contract's not getting renewed next year. Yeah, because he said the similar thing happened to him. Yeah, in the past with, with McLaren, specifically. more than a year out from the contract ending, almost was like, hey, start looking. Basically. And that may have fed into a few things. Not obviously the Mercedes pick group cross-threading no. a wheel nut, but just in terms of mentality and a few other bits and pieces, which I thought was just interesting because we, you know, we've said many times if Lewis stays for next season, what is the point in changing the driver lineup? We know it works. He's a good number two. Um, yeah, interesting and, and devastating. D- DC DC doesn't just say things like that either for no, no reason. No. Um, and he may have got that, which is which is a shame because Valtteri, in my opinion, is one of only two or three guys that would be able to drive against Lewis Hamilton and be against be up against the machine, which is Lewis Hamilton. Yep. You know the way that he controls team dynamics and compete with him week in week in week out. Yeah, um, I think he's got one of the highest pressure jobs in that sport as a driver, to be honest, because you've got a yardstick next to you which is dominating, which is the best we've ever seen, and. Everything you do, he fails every time. You've and you've got no way to prove it that you're better than the rest of the field because they're like, yeah, but you're in the best car, so you should win. He's like, well, no, but the, like, there's no leg to stand on. He's just, it must be very hard to deal with a lot of the time, and he does and it look, surprisingly well. Look, when I when I look at like F1 and teams and the way the teammates and the way you structure up and the way you assess them is, you do it in five race blocks. In every five races, there's a race and there's qualifying. So there's 10 opportunities to beat your teammate. I've always said Valtteri is always going to beat Lewis three or four of those times out of the 10, in whether it be qualifying or the race. This year, it's been exactly that again. But it's the times when he has beaten him that something's gone wrong for him and he's lost the points on track, which is frustrating. What I said he needed to do to win the world championship was get some good luck and he needed to make that um, He needed to make that jump from the six times beating him to five, or, you know, in that five to six times out of ten beating him, not the three or four that it has been. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately he hasn't done that in the first five, but we could look at the next five races and reassess it and see where we go. But it is a long season. There's still plenty of points on the board, but um, just yeah, it must be tough. I feel sorry for the guy. Let's talk about Red Bull because they had a second driver this weekend <laughs> that was able to do some good work, although he didn't end up on the podium. He was a lot closer than he's ever been at this point in Red Bull at least. Uh, and Max helping him out there too in terms of being able to pit him yep. and then put him in a good position to jump the whole mess in the, in the middle of the pack. So that was really good from Red Bull. Yeah. Uh, Campy, let's talk about Perez's run. Uh, he didn't have a good qualifying at all, did he? He wasn't getting the best out of that car, but come race pace-wise, he was able to get into a rhythm. Yeah, that's what we've seen. With If you sum up his year thus far, it's been equal and really good race pace comparable to Max Verstappen. It's what, and it's what they want. The problem's been qualifying and where he's putting it. Um, he just needs to get his qualifying sorted. Red Bull's a pretty cutthroat team. If I'm looking at it, I'm going, race day ain't good enough for me if you're not qualifying well. So 
He's going to have to pick it up and sort it out, really. Yep. I, th- I don't. Yeah. I think with their positioning, Red Bull nailed the strategy as well. I don't think they could have done Oh, they better. did. That was they perfect, had, wasn't it? But imagine if Perez was higher up is what you're saying. But they had they had, they had had race pace so that when he got in clean air, he could shoot up the grid. While the other three Muppets behind him being Hamilton, um, Gasly and Vettel were fighting, he was in clean air and he didn't have to fight and he had the pace to overtake them. Therefore, that's why he ended up doing it on track. This is what I was saying. We need a – yeah. you need mandatory pit stops in order for the guys that get stuck behind a Kimi Rockin and like Daniel Ricciardo who's losing three seconds a lap to his teammate. Yeah. Not because he's done anything wrong, just because he's in a bad track position. You know, yep. you need to be able to – There's no incentive on this track to pit early. There's literally none other than if your tyres are falling off and you've lost race pace because – how how slow do you reckon drivers are driving under their capable race pace because they don't have to do anything? Well, we'll look at Danny Rick gets in clean air and his race pace. The by the time he got some clean air, um, Max Verstappen was behind him by five seconds before he got overlapped, and he increased that gap to twelve seconds. But then Kimi Raikkonen finally pit and come back out in front of him, and he lost that eight nine seconds back in three or four laps. So that tells you how much, you know, just because of your track position and where you are, how much time you can lose if you're behind a shit car. So, you know, I mean, there's there's pace there, which is not indicative. And poor form to the Muppet who put the gap between Lando Norris and Daniel Ricciardo on track. It's like, do you know anything <laughs> yeah. about this sport? Yeah. Like, it's, oh, it's 76 seconds or something. So- it's got absolutely, it's got absolutely nothing to do with the fact <laughs> That he's 73 behind, seconds behind add, him on track. Add it to the TV director bin time. Uh, it was a, probably an intern. Is like, hey, I've got a graphic. Do you want it? The <laughs> most useless graphics this weekend. Oh. And we didn't see the time. Anyway, longest time. And, and Brundle, that guy better grow a spine. Because I'll tell you what. <laughs> when da- no. Because he didn't correct him either. And I, Look, I'm going into bat for my boy here. When Danny Rick gets it together and comes back and pisses on the face of all these people that are ragging on him. I'd be looking at Brunel going, you need to go on a bat for me more, mate. You need to grow a spine and suck it up because they didn't explain it very well. <laughs> I'm angry. Good. Good. Uh, but, look, Max absolutely crushed it, as we've said this weekend. To make yes. it from him, he's now leading the world championship point tally, which is fantastic. There's only th- uh, five in it now, I think, between him and Hamilton. So, finally, the first time he's ever led the championship. Th- literally, this could be his year. Okay, let's talk about our other favourite part of a Grand Prix. In fact, for this one, it is our most favourite part, is the fantasy names and a fantasy team. And if you haven't joined our fantasy league yet, that's okay because it's not necessarily about where you finish, although the top three will get some merchandise. It'll be our favourite names from the season as well. And uh, I have hand-selected a couple lads. If you would prepare your laughing hats because here we go. How Not to Wave a Flag by Serena Williams. <laughs> Dave Munnis, crushing Early. it as always, sir. Good Munnis. Monte Carlo Pass. <laughs> Nicholas H. We Miss Tommy Good. T's Hair. Aaron B. Tommy T misses it's, Tommy T's hair too. It's growing back, but not much. The Mafia, but the Ma FIA. Love that. That's actually very clever. Ashley G. <laughs> I'm going to leave this for last. Did Nikita have a spin? Harrison P. And my favourite two, Campy's a dunce. <laughs> Mason C and Campy loves a consummate professional Lydia S. Lydia, 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 very good, very good. What about Mason? Uh, uh, 
Well, no. What about camping for president? No, uh, we don't acknowledge that. No, as I've said many times, if that is if that's your team name, as much as you were winning, it's so you're not winning anymore, and you're from Ireland. That does not no, win. Ro- Ross J, you've had a stinker of a weekend, mate, <laughs> on your fantasy. You've dropped from first back to eleventh. Uh, Real shame. He's got camp for president. I, I, I like that. That's <laughs> good. That's, that's, so it's got a nice ring to it. Campy, for me. <laughs> not for president. You are currently 16th, uh, which is yep. annoying. I am 32nd and very annoying is Tommy T, who has a login to his fantasy team this year, <laughs> is 37th. Coming back. Uh, let's just, do you want to run through who you actually had in your fantasy teams, boys? Because apart from Carlos Sainz being as amazingly turboed, Campy, who did you have for this weekend? Uh, Verstappen signs as my turbo driver, Norris, Perez, and Russell, and McLaren as my team. I had exactly the same except swap out. I've got Ocon Russell. in there. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I had Norris, Schumacher, Ocon, Verstappen, signs, turbo, and McLaren. Uh, Schumacher ruining it for me this weekend. But the rest, like that kind of similar vibe, and I think a lot of people uh, had was epic. And the top three now in our fantasy league is uh, Life is a Box of Chandox in first, James M. Down the inside, <laughs> Joshua T. <laughs> second. Good. And Oscar Piastri Fan Club, Raymond M. Good. I think Raymond had an absolutely mega, Mate, like 410 points. He didn't use a mega driver. I think he had, yeah, 400 points. It's in- insane. Incredible. Uh, yeah, he did use a mega driver. Oh, yeah. The staff was a mega driver. Campy's all over it. Look at it, Campy. Mate. I'm just checking it out now. <laughs> 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 Technology on his iPad. Yeah. He's got not a bad team, actually. If you'd like to go and copy his team. Red Bull as a constructor. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Norris, Norris, Gasly, Signs, Verstappen, and Kimi Raikkonen. Yeah, that is a team. I'm going to steal that team. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to yeah. our strategy for <laughs> Fantasy League. <laughs> uh, well, look, if you also want to join us to chat over a race weekend, our Discord server is the perfect place to do that. We have more and more people joining in and uh, joining the conversation. It's really an awesome place. Uh, occasionally, Campy drops some words of advice that are about four or five minutes behind what everything else has been happening. <laughs> but it's still it's worth seeing him appear. Uh, and all. And Tommy never checks seriously, it. Seriously, I just... I check it sometimes. I, I seriously <laughs> just miss that. The whole Zoom chat cut out. So perfect. If, talking, joking, talking crap about you anyway. Nah, we're no, talking shit about perfect. you. Good. Uh, but please feel free to join that. You'll find all of the links to Discord in the link uh, description below, I should say, uh, and all of our socials too. If you've got some time to do all the things that good people who listen to good po- podcasts do, do that too. If you don't, then uh, who cares? doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, get on social media. Check us out, please. <laughs> well, that's the sting for the show. <laughs> yes, we've got that now. Oh. Uh, it's been great, boys, to do this with you. Tommy Z, thanks for coming all the way Thank to the you. free north to watch Monaco. It's, it is very free up here. It's been, yes. Enjoy moving your Mexican way back to the Soviet <laughs> South, and uh, boys, I tell you, have what, you got your have you got your papers to pass yeah, the border? Tommy? I'm just going to sneak over. Make sure you get your checks in, in balance. <laughs> no, I wouldn't come back if I was <laughs> for being crippled down here. I can't. Eight months I've got to put up with this dickhead. <laughs> I can't wait for that to much happen. Fuck who? And. Uh, yeah, thanks, boys. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, too, for listening and watching. Uh, we'll see you next time here on the Oz F1 show. Bye-bye. Yep. Just going to reset this camera. <clears throat> 12 seconds, cool. mate. We had heaps of time. Can you do the clap again, Tommy?
Yeah, the Zoom's cutting in and out for me, so I missed that whole Kvyat thing that you said. Yep. Perfect, Campy. Campy. That was ru- on you, your end. You, I would love to consummate and be professional with you. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Ferrari. It's consummate, consummate. The red team. <laughs> was that an redo editing that point? Is. Was that an editing yes. point? No one could tell. <laughs> redo that. Redo that. Sports Social Podcast Network.